Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. It's Tuesday, June 27th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Royals today with beat writer Jalen Thompson and reporter Pete Gradhoff. And how about those Royals coming off a split in the series with the Tampa Bay Rays, owners of baseball's best record? We discussed the recent successful run of starting pitcher Daniel Lynch, the end of an inglorious run by starter Jordan Lyles, and maybe we're standing at the threshold of an excellent run by relief pitcher Austin Cox. We detail the play of the younger players in Tampa, suggest some trade possibilities, and look ahead to the homestand against Cleveland and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay, let's get started talking Royals with Jalen Thompson and Pete Gradhoff. Jalen and Pete are with us. Uh, Guys, the Royals are coming off yet another losing road trip, and yet, and yet, there's some reasons to feel somewhat encouraged by what we just saw from the Royals for certainly the entire Tampa Bay series and then parts of the of the Detroit series. Royals are going to start a homestand on Tuesday. Truth in advertising, we are recording this on Monday afternoon. So they're going to start a series uh, with the Cleveland Guardians and then the LA Dodgers come in for three games over the weekend. But uh, Jalen, let's let's start with you. What there's so much to really to cover on what happened on the road trip. I'll say what let let's focus in on just a couple of things, and, and we'll start okay. we'll start with Daniel Lynch since he was a part of both series on the road trip. Uh, wow, what what terrific performance! The the one hit over seven innings in Detroit, and then he throws another quality start. What one one run in six innings against the the Rays, pretty encouraging sign to see Daniel Lynch pitching this way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think for for Daniel, it's good for him to finally find that groove. I know he's missed a couple of months of the season due to injury. Now he's kind of back and getting into a role where he's getting more comfortable on the mound. I think you saw that against Detroit with the one-hit performance. And then to go toe-to-toe with Tyler Glass now, who's a emerging ace pitcher in the American League. And he held his own against that lineup that the Rays have. I think Lynch is really rounding into a form that the Royals really need because Brady Singer has had a disappointing season. Um, You lost Chris Dubish to injury. You haven't seen Brad Keller. He's been hurt as well. So at least one starter that is pitching well is needed. So I think he's on the right track for that. Seems like he's throwing his uh, change up effectively now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and Mm -hmm. listen, he has on and off um, as a Royal, but these last two games, uh, that seems to be a pretty big component for him is when he can control the changeup. Exactly. I think that's a big thing, like controlling that changeup, because you need it to be a 
complementary piece to, you know, his fastball, his sinker, things of that nature. Um, so to be able to have that change up to keep hitters off balance, I think that's big for him. And I think Matt Potrero said it best. It was a game where he didn't have the strikeouts, but what he did was he pitched the contact, he got some outs, relied on his defense. I think those are some big things that when you don't have the strikeout stuff, you go to that off speed to still help you get through a game. So throughout the season, uh, I've I've looked at the rotation, you know, while following the Royals, and I've and I think, well, at least Grinky's going tonight, and maybe got mm-hmm. a chance, and and then Grinky will, you know, he hasn't had a couple of good outings here, and then, you know, Singer's going tonight, and at least they got a chance, and Singer's had some blow ups this year, and well, now I'm now I'm pinning all my hopes on Daniel Lynch, Pete. <laughs> uh, should I should I should I be be more cautionary here, or uh, or is he the one that I should be leaning on? Well, you should be cautionary with any royal. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, that's what I would say. But I, I believe you said either a week ago or maybe two weeks ago that you would you had Lynch on. If you had to pick three guys to protect, yeah. he would be one of them. And he has uh, apparently heard what you said and <laughs> taken it to heart. He's pitched very well, and I. Yeah, I mean, he's looked so good. He's looked really, really good, and I, I don't think it's a fluke. Um, like you said, it seems like he's working in some new pitches or more effective with those pitches, and you, you can't complain with what we've seen. Yeah. Well, the here's hoping it, it continues for for Daniel Lynch, and yeah, I, I stand by what I said. If 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 the Royals are going forward and have to protect, just uh, you know, or, or take certain players off the the list of, of potential trade ships, he would be on my short list. Daniel Lynch would be, a, along with Brady Singer, although I, I really need him to become more consistent. Of course, Bobby Witt Jr., at least for me. Um, but we cannot talk starting pitching on this show without talking about Jordan Lyles. <laughs> what a performance. I was so – I'm watching the game. I see it's four nothing Rays, and then I turn it off. I said, "I'm not. I'm not watching. I'm not. I've seen it. Not watching it." Jalen, <laughs> he gets the victory. So great to see. What was? What's he been like in the clubhouse throughout his fifty? You know, all all starts this season without a victory. Fifteen total f- as a member of the Royals, um, and he finally gets uh, the Royals get a win. He gets the victory to improve in one and eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, in the game on was that the Saturday game? But right. um, how has he been throughout the clubhouse throughout the season, and what was he like after the game Saturday? Jordan Lyles is one of the most mild-mannered pitchers that the Royals have, and really probably one of the most mild-mannered players in the in the clubhouse. Um, he doesn't get too high, he doesn't get too low. He just has a nice, calm temperament, and he's very transparent about his his year. He knows like there are some times where the team didn't have a chance to win because he kind of put him in the hole. He knows that, you know, sometimes there was an inning or two where it kind of got away from him and then it resulted in either a team loss or he take he took the hell. But what you saw after he won his first game, I believe that was Saturday. He's he waited for everyone to come back into the clubhouse and he gave him a high five. He was smiling, he was happy, he was excited. 
you he knew and the team knew that this was a big moment for him. And they were so appreciative and so happy to get that win for him. And I think that tells you a lot about the Royals as a team in the clubhouse, just the chemistry that they have. They're a lot of young guys, and they understand that they're going to make mistakes. They understand that they might not always win because they're still learning the game at the big league level. But that chemistry piece to really help a veteran that's been around is, is was something that stuck, stood out to me the most. Yeah, and Pete, I got to tell you, when the Royals acquired him, they made no pretense about what this was about, right? They 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 needed a guy to give them, you know, I don't know how many innings they're counting on from him this year, but a bunch of them because uh, that's what he was in Baltimore. And, you know, he is not part of the, you know, the, the grand future for the Royals. So I, at least I appreciate the upfrontness of the Royals when they went out and got Jordan Lyles. Yeah, I agree. I think they were thinking they could get 180 innings. They would be really happy. And he's uh, thinking just a touch under 92 right now. Um, so, yeah, obviously all the losses piling up. Like Jalen said, he put himself in some bad spots a lot of times. I feel like a few times a better bullpen would have bailed him out here or there. I'm not saying all season. I feel there were a couple games, though, where the inherited runners seem to be scoring every time he pitched. And um, so he's he's done – in that respect, he's done what they wanted. I mean, he's, he's, pro, he's on pace to give them 180 innings and make 30-plus starts. And his ERA is actually lower, um, or I'm sorry, it's a little bit higher. It's right around the, it's in the Brady Singer ballpark, which, yeah. you know, isn't necessarily a good thing. I guess we expected more from Singer this year, but yeah, I mean, you got to, the re, and people say, oh, what's it matter about if somebody can eat up all those innings? Well, it saves your bullpen for the rest of the other games, you know, and, and they really need to do that, um, have those guys fresh, like. Yesterday didn't work to plan, but thanks to to Lyles and uh, I forget who who relieved him Saturday. Hmm. Uh, I think it was maybe it was Carlos Hernandez. I I can't remember. I think it was him. Either way, they were able to to have their their big guys set up for Sunday, and it didn't work out. Yeah. Taylor Clark, um, Chapman, and Barlow would have been ready to go um, if they needed Barlow, and that that was a big deal. Being able to, that's why you have guys eat innings. I think it was Nick Whitgren pitched on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it was Hernandez and Whitgren. Yeah, that's what it was. And those guys uh, saved the bullpen also. Anyway, that's kind of off topic. I, it really is just a matter of helping out the bullpen as much as anything. Pete, I don't know if you've got baseball reference called up, but I just wanted to see if my memory is correct on this. To me, the quintessential um, Jordan Lyles game was the – uh, the one in Chicago earlier this year against the White Sox where he went the complete game and lost, um, you know, uh, but that is, that's exactly what he's about. I think he gave up four runs in that game. Uh, he only pitched eight innings cause they ended up losing, but, um, but yeah, he ate up innings, bullpen got rested. And um, that's, you know, that's what, uh, that's what he's about. He has certainly deserved a better record than, than what he has a better fate. And it was, Great to see him smiling after the game. I heard uh, I heard Jalen talking to him um, mm-hmm. in, in the clubhouse there, and, and um, yeah, he does. You know, he stand up guy and is always there and, and tries to you know tell it like it is. So I, I, there's a lot of appreciation for Jordan Lyles, and also 
I, I failed the mission this point, but I feel like it's very crucial. When the Royals were making their comeback in that game after being down 4 nothing, he had two shutdown innings in the third and the fourth, which allowed them to continue to keep the momentum. And how many times have we talked about this season where the Royals get a, on a little run and then they give it right back, where the other team comes back and matches them or goes ahead? That didn't happen on Saturday, and I think that was a big, big turning point for the team in getting that win. It certainly happened in Lyle's previous start in Detroit, where he left the game, you know, with a four-three lead, and mm-hmm. uh, they ended up losing that game six to four. So could have yeah. could have broken the streak a game earlier. The bullpen let him down. Didn't happen um, this yeah. time. So, um, all right, hey, let's uh, let's take a break here, guys. And when we come back, I want to talk about some of these younger players for the Royals. Jalen, you wrote about them, and we'll we'll get into that in um, when we return. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. We're back on Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast, and we're talking Royals with beat writer Jalen Thompson and reporter Pete Gradhoff. Jalen, uh, co- coincidentally, with the little bit of a mini-run success for the Royals on the road trip was the play of some of the younger players. Drew Waters had a heck of a series, mm-hmm. and – you know, good moments in that series by several players, Samad Taylor and Darian Blanco. Let's start with a pitcher, though, Austin Cox. All of a sudden, this record kind of creeps up on us. And, and, and you know, he goes into – was it the opener? I forgot if it was the opening game or the second game. But he sets a major league record in the game with uh, most batters face to start a career without surrendering yeah. a base hit. Yeah, kind of incredible. Go to, to get to, I think 39, 39 hitters. I mean, if he had put this together in a game, he'd have had a no hitter. So um, anyway, great start for for Austin Cox. And what was um, kind of what was the vibe about him on the, uh, after he, on the night he set the record? Yeah, he set the record. I believe that was Friday, Friday night. That was the game where the Royals came back and they and they won pretty handily. Um, no, actually, no, that was Thursday night because they beat Shane McClanahan that night. That's, That's right. It was, Thursday. it was Thursday, the opener. Um, but, yeah, the vibe with Austin Cox was he was he was happy to have the honor. Um, he just wanted to, you know, say the standard, help the team win, and, you know, it's just I'm, I'm doing my job. But for his teammates, they were so happy for him because they know the work that he put in on this journey. Um, I remember talking to Scott Barlow, and he said that he just has electric stuff. And, you know, it's all about him just pounding the strike zone and, you know, 
going, getting after it. And I think that's the epitome of what Austin Cox does. When he was chasing the record on Thursday, it was you started to see he was creeping up, creeping up. And then he had to run through the race uh, top of the lineup, which included Yandy Diaz and Randy Rosarena. And he got through that. So I think that was pretty cool to see Austin get that record. Yeah, it was. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was just one of those uh, nice things. To, you know, here's Jordan Lyles on one side who's setting a record of his own, right, for, for not having uh, not getting a W or not having the team get a W in one of his starts. That was a record, right? Um, yeah. 15 in a row to start a season, 15 starts. Um, and then Austin Cox does what he did. And it did kind of sneak up on us a little bit. If you don't read the Royals game notes on a on a regular basis, this is not the kind of thing that I don't know if it got a mention on SportsCenter or um, any of the national baseball uh, shows, but pretty cool to have this kind of record. It's a, it's a legit record, too. 39 hitters without giving up a hit. That's Yeah. That doesn't happen. No, it, it actually did. It got mentioned on um, MLB Network. I, I was walking to the clubhouse and when I saw it on one of the screens. I was like, oh, they're talking about the Royals. When's the last time that happened? <laughs> so I thought it was pretty cool. It's cool because how many times have you seen just a little broken bat flare fall in behind the infield or guy hits a mediumly hard ball right at a shortstop that when I'm any position, I don't want to throw Bobby Widow, any position, and they bottle it and they safe and they end up giving them a base hit when it should be an error. You know, I mean, it's it's just there's so many easy ways, not easy, but fluky ways that guys seem to get on base. And for him to do that, I thought it was really impressive as well. Yeah, like a swinging bunt or something. or Yeah, just all sorts of ways you can get a base hit. And none of that happened in um, in Austin Cox's uh, debut. That, that's cool to see. And, and I agree with you, Jalen. I He looks effective. I mean, this doesn't. This doesn't look like a you know, just a fluky little streak. I he may have something with him. Might yeah. yeah, and I think it's I think it's pretty cool too that he was throwing to Freddie Fermin, um, pretty much both times where he was getting uh, the record. And Freddie and him have been throwing together since they were in rookie ball, so they have that great chemistry. And I think that kind of shows on the field as well. Okay. Hey, so uh, before we leave the road trip, what is it with these outfielders not communicating? That is, uh, gosh almighty, I, someone's going to get hurt out there. I, I don't know whatever happened to, I got it, I got it, I got it. Does that, is is the noise so loud at, at the trop that, uh, you know, that, that, that Oliveris and Waters couldn't hear each other, whoever was out there almost running into each other? What did um, you know? What's what's the thought on that, Jalen? Was there any discussion about that? Um, not that, not that I particularly have heard about or anything like that. But I think at the trap is it's a dome stadium, so it's kind of hard to you know see the ball once it, if it gets lost up in at the top of the dome. But another thing is, I think they just have to have more time playing together. Um, Drew Waters just came back. Edward Oliveris, he's either in the lineup or he's DHing, and they have Samad Taylor out there or Darian Blanco and left. You know, it's kind of hard to build that chemistry when there's not a consistent starter that's out there every single game. And the same thing with MJ Melendez. He's transitioning to be from a catcher to being a right fielder. So 
you just need that time and to to really figure out all right who's in charge who has the authority out there it should be drew waters because he's the center fielder but what if that changes when kyle isbell comes back now you gotta go through the same thing again so i just think the royals have to really get on the same page with who's going to be in the outfield primarily and then work it from there well blair i don't think anyone's ever said was it too loud at tropicana field (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah, Jalen's right. I, I think they haven't played a lot together, but some of that, it just seems like it is basic baseball 101. If you're the right fielder coming in that play in Detroit, the second baseman shouldn't be trying to make that play. Mm-hmm. That's the right fielder's ball because he's coming in. And also, Drew Waters looked kind of peeved a couple times on balls that were in the kind of in the gap. Those are the center fielder's ball. And so that I, the outfielder, outfield coordinator needs to make sure that 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 message is getting home to the outfielders. Um, and I'll say this when I, 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 you know, you don't ever want to bury anybody, but Edward Olivares at times looks like a born DH. And just <laughs> he does out in the outfield, just make you shake your head. So, yeah, that, uh, ball, that ball that got through his legs, uh, that was ruled a double. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe that was in Tampa Bay. Just, just a, total misplay and just an indecision, right? You either yep. wait for it to come to you or, you're, or you or you make a belly flop attempt. And he went kind of in between both of those and, you know, proved really costly. So I, I agree, Pete. I, I, I think you've got to find a solution for Oliveris. It hurts you defensively and his bat's good enough to, you know, to, to be part of the lineup. You want him in there. Um, but Homer the other day and, but um, but yeah, that is such a uh, they, they've got they've got gloves uh, for, for the outfield and and they need to, those gloves need to be out there. So um, all right, so this time of year and we, until until it happens, we need to continue to talk about potential trades and what's what's going on. It was great to see Eraldis Chapman throw well in his in his um, previous outing. Is he still top of the list, Jalen? Do you think for trade bait on the for the Royals? Yeah, I think so. Um, there was a lot of scouts across Detroit and Tampa Bay looking at, I guess, the Royals and who they potentially could have available. Um, I think Chapman is a guy that's going to get traded. I think the narrative has shifted now to do you package both Chapman and Barlow to get Scott Barlow together to get a big return? Because there's going to be teams that need relievers that are contending. And if you can get two bona fide pretty much closers in one package that's that'd be pretty good to have so um it just depends on what the royals want to do do you split them up or do you put them together yeah yeah i i I think whatever it takes to get what you need in return um and and I, i think what you need in return is prospects you know top prospects um we'll see if the if if uh, they can find a trade partner, you know, for for one or both, um, uh, yeah. Look, I, I Chapman is is he's pitched well this year. I, I think that he he would be a. I think both of them would be an asset on a on a contending team, and there are so many contending teams. <laughs> yeah, you know, this time, so I uh, it would may be a matter of days before uh, one or both of, of those is gone. Yep. Yep. So, one player, so, yeah. Go ahead, Pete. Uh, just Chapman. I, I feel like if he's still on the roster right for the trade deadline, you're, you're kind of also hurting your what you're going to get in return. Yep. 
And the sooner you trade him, the the more time he's going to be on the other team, which gives you more uh, leverage to try to get a better prospect. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, they they need to they need to swing that deal. I don't know what more you can see from him if you're another team than every day throwing 103. Yeah. Now let me let me ask you this question: Do you think they would move one of their core pieces as well? Well, define a core piece. So, so I'm thinking. Do you think MJ Melendez might be someone that could be moved? You know, um, he plays right field, and you know he people want catchers, and catchers catcher is a premium position. It's clear that the Royals do not really view him as a catcher moving forward. So. If someone comes calling for him, do you does he does he get moved in the right situation? I would just say there's no one on that roster I wouldn't trade, except for maybe Bobby Witt, simply because he's still so young and and you don't know his upside. And you know he's starting to play better. He, defensively, he's a different player this year than he was a year ago. It seems like, and so to me, I yeah, if you're Look, they're not winning this year. They're probably not winning next year. If they can get somebody really good in return for them, I, I would make that deal. Yeah. Yeah, I would have, you know, a couple of years ago when Melendez was a prospect, you, you wouldn't be saying this. But, but yeah, I, he's he is I, – I, yeah, he's not untouchable. I, I'll tell you another name, and I don't know what the return would be, but Nicky Lopez is somebody I would consider yeah. moving yeah. along. Uh, I like him as a player. I think he would be a a, a fine twenty fifth player on a contending team, right? Mm-hmm. Defense replacement, pinch runner, you know, can get the bunt down, can do so many little things well. And gosh, just a couple of years ago, he was you know he was a three hundred hitter for the Royals. That turned out to be the the outlier season. Um, be a good teammate, good in the clubhouse. Um, if they can get a return for him, I think he'd be someone else you'd consider moving along. Yeah, I mentioned that in uh, one of my stories I wrote trade-wise, with one of those trade piece stories I wrote. Um, the Royals have to make a decision on him because do you tender him a contract next year where he makes maybe over $4 million or do you let him go? Because the people that you brought up, you can fill his role with a Samad Taylor that can play infield and outfield. You got um, Michael Garcia is up now. Michael Massey seems like he's the player at second base so where does Nicky Lopez fit in with this with this team so I mean that that could be someone yeah you always need versatility and that's what the Royals have said they like him because he can provide depth at different positions but if someone comes along and offers you a good prospect you gotta consider that yep all right Pete one uh former Royal got traded in the last couple of days um it's funny how Royals fans are still interested in former Royals. Um, and Mike Moustakas goes from the Colorado Rockies to the Los Angeles Angels. Did Whose side was he on in the 25-1 to 1 game, though? With, uh, was he a Rocky or an Angel in that game? He was a Rocky, and the Angels said, we need more offense. After <laughs> scoring 25 runs, we, we better trade for Moustakas. Um, yeah, so he got to go. It's one of those fun trades from a fan's perspective that he just basically went from one clubhouse to the other since they were playing him. Um, yeah, it's good for him. You know, and Blair, I, I'm sure you think the same thing here. Moustakis, I talked to him when he was here with the Rockies. He said he feels like he's got a couple more good years left in him. But it's nice to see him go back to the L.A. area. You know, he's a California kid. 
that I'm, I just personally, when I saw that trade, I was really happy for him because that's kind of neat. You know, the Rockies are not going to make the playoffs. The Angels might. And so, and he's back in LA. I think it's a, it's a great deal for him personally. And, and like you said, people still love him. He, he spoke so highly of Royals fans when he was, when he was here, I was a little bit surprised at just how much he, that's what he remembers more than anything is how great it was just walking around the town, the Kansas city area. And, and people would just were so supportive. And so that's, you know, who wouldn't love that hearing that and loving moose for that. Plus he won him a world series. Yeah, he did. He did uh, hit his first major league home run as a member of the Royals against the angels in California hit the, hit the walk-off, uh, not, it wasn't a walk-off of course, uh, but the go-ahead home run in the first game of the 2014 ALDS against the angels in Anaheim. And, um, and then had the great postseason, uh, the five home runs in the, in the 2014 postseason. You're right, Pete. There's not a Royals fan that's, that doesn't feel happy for, for Mike Moustakis gave this, uh, and for once, what, correct me if I'm wrong, was it for one season he was the Royals uh, home run single season record holder with his 38, or did that last two years? Might have been two. I'd have to go back and look before yeah. broke it. Um, but he also had, this is not really talked about the greatest catches in Royals history, but that catch against the Orioles into the, the fan dugout area there was one of the coolest catches I think I've ever seen live. Royals made a bobblehead of that catch. Uh, yes. Yeah, that was one of the all. That, that is a, an all-time Royals playoff highlight. And if you haven't seen it, go to YouTube and just uh, just punch in Mike Mustaka's catch. I don't think there'd be many options there. It was it really <laughs> was amazing. So, all right. Hey, as always, a terrific conversation with Jalen Thompson and Pete Bradhoff. Thank you guys, and we will do it again soon. Awesome. That'll do it for today. Big thanks to Monty Davis for producing the show and to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Jalen Thompson and to Pete Radhoff for sharing their insights. A Morning Sports Edition is the nation's top digital sports section with complete coverage of national sports, local sports. You get columns, features, and box scores. See what I'm talking about at Live Edition dot kansascity.com thanks for listening and we'll be back soon on sportsbeat kc with our regular conversation about sports in and around kansas city